Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Southerton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Vole and Jeff Hyatt. Now here is Father Noah Buscelli. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. This is the day which the Lord has made. Our modern world tends to distort reality. Half-truths are very believable, but they are very destructive. And we have these in terms of God's love for us. Some distort it. His love for us is this monstrous justice that has to be satisfied, pouring out wrath. And some distort it, a love without justice, a love without real relationship. And yet if we are careful students of the scriptures, old and new, and church history, the writings of the fathers, the texts of the services, the lives of the saints, we realize that oversimplifying, going one way or the other, is not the right answer, and it is not the orthodox doctrine of God's love for us. And sometimes we think the judgment we only read about, we only hear the judgment on the Sunday of the Last Judgment, meet fair, the sheep and the goats. And we think, well, that's an outlier. You know, that's statistically, it's unimportant because it stands by itself. Obviously, we can't treat the scriptures like that. We certainly can't treat our Lord's words like that. And yet, if we read the scriptures again in their entirety, if we read the Gospel of Matthew from beginning to end, which I've been doing to great uh, joy and great edification and great humility, and it's a struggle, of course, we realize that, in fact, this Gospel that we just read, which immediately precedes the sheep and the goats, is also about the Last Judgment. And again, God's measuring stick is our actions. Because salvation is the free gift that costs everything. With what measure you measure out, you will be measured. If we are stingy, God will be stingy. If we are unforgiving, God will be unforgiving. But if we are generous, if we are forgiving, if we are loving, God's love for us will be that warmth and brightness that we all long for. So don't listen to the lie on the right don't listen to the lie on the left. 
but listen to the steady voice of Christ through the ages, through the saints. This parable of the talents, I would like to ask you, what are the talents that you have in your life? What are the talents that you have been hiding, that you have buried into the ground, out of fear, out of laziness, whatever reason they are? And as that question bounces around our heads and steeps in our hearts, I'd like to reflect on a few things. St. Paul, in his second epistle to the Corinthians, shows that in fact, we can't take the grace of God in vain. We have to receive the grace not in an empty way, but we have to do something with it. We have to multiply it. He says this in chapter 6, verse 1. I plead with you, we as workers together with him also plead with you, not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't just accept the gifts that you have been given and do nothing with them. And then he says what he did. This is how he utilized the gifts that God gave him. In much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. He put God's gift to him to work. He pushed himself. He was not complacent because of his great love for his brothers and sisters. He continues, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report. St. Paul did not sit. He did not bury. He ran when he met Christ, when his world was upended, when he was knocked off of his high horse, he ran to do the Lord's will, and he did not stop running. He continues, As deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, this is the life of parents. This is the life of spouses. This is the life of anyone who is taking Christ seriously, that we feel like we are dying. And in that self-emptying, God is actually filling us, so our cup overfloweth. As dying and, we, as, and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. That's St. Paul talking about himself. That's what it was for him to receive his talent 
and multiply it, not to hide it. This is what he says to Timothy. I lost it. I'll spare you that. He says, be a good bishop. Be a good bishop. Don't be ashamed of your youth, but be an example. Don't be ashamed of your weaknesses and your deficiencies, but build on them and do beautiful things. So some, some little examples for us. I like to take the example of the birthday boy today. <laughs> Father James, when your sisters were here, they called you little Jimmy. <laughs> and it was so sweet to see that. And I, I won't say anything after because you'll be gone in the kitchen preparing our feast. And thank you for your uh, culinary generosity. Maybe you plug your ears so you don't get proud. <laughs> Father James had a successful career as an anthropologist. He went to Africa and studied indigenous cultures and then shared that knowledge, the knowledge of the ages, the knowledge of his own experience with his students. And he multiplied that talent to a PhD, to several teaching positions, I'm sure countless articles and books and whatever. And then he multiplied that talent even more in his retirement. And here we have a beautiful servant of God that we're grateful for. Discerning, all of us are discerning. What are our talents? And it's a lifelong process. And Father James, may you have many, many more years to discern, to share, to serve, to pour yourself out, not just into your crockpot, but into your sermons, into your visitation, your ministry. Another example today is kind of the Orthodox Mother's Day. Today, the Sunday after the feast of the meeting of the Lord in the temple, we celebrate the mothers of the three holy hierarchs. The three holy hierarchs have their feast on January 3rd. That's Basil the Great, Gregory the Theologian, and John Chrysostom. And then the next Sunday, or the Sunday after that, is the synaxis of their mothers. Uh, Saint Amelia, whose icon we have here, five of whose ten children were canonized saints. Great theologians, great monastics, great bishops, great men and women of self-sacrifice. Saint Nona, the mother of Saint Gregory the Theologian, just what an amazing story she has as a mother. And then Saint Anthusa, the mother of Saint John Chrysostom, he must have been a really hard child because he was a firecracker as an old man. He refused to back down to injustice. What did that look like for his poor mom? It's hard to, it's hard to imagine. I think he was an only child as well. But what a child. The gift of motherhood was given to these women and they multiplied it to the glory of God, to the clear articulation of the Orthodox faith in the time of 
theological confusion. More examples could flow, but we don't need those. So the great work of our life is to really know ourselves and then grow beyond ourselves. We have to know ourselves, and yet we have to grow beyond ourselves by God's grace, by the people in our life who support us and who sometimes tear us down so we can be rebuilt. We think of happiness in terms of my wants, my needs, I want it my way. I want Amazon Prime to deliver it right now. And yet that is a dead end. True happiness comes through selflessness. True happiness comes through pouring out oneself along with Christ's self-sacrifice for the other person. It's a lot easier, of course, to read about repentance. Real repentance is, is ugly because we see our sins, but it's glorious because God overlooks our sins. With all of this in mind, I, I have asked David Hyatt back there, where are you? Okay. Who is uh, assisting me in, in my ministry here, and I'm thankful for your assistance. Very good assistance. We have a goal, he and I together, that everybody in the church will have a ministry. Every steward, a servant. Every member, a ministry. So I ask you to ask yourself in prayer, ask yourself in discussion with your family, in preparing for confession, in talking to David about how you can help. What are my talents? And my talents are my strengths as well as my weaknesses. What are my talents and how can I offer them to God, to all of us, so they can be multiplied? So I ask you to tire yourself like the Apostle Paul. Tire yourself in serving God. Don't be complacent. Don't be a, a, a taker, but be a giver. Don't bury your talent out of fear, knowing that God will exact from us, but knowing that he will exact not the fruit of our labors, but our intentions. He wants our hearts to be transformed into his heart. And that happens when we try to give and we get frustrated. We try to love and we realize the great lack that we have. Through the prayers of St. Paul, through the prayers of Saints Amelia and Nona and Anthusa and St. Timothy, by the example of Father James, may we all discern and put to use the great gifts that God has given us. To the glory of His holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the building up of our parish, the honor of our family, and the salvation of our souls. Amen.